It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. In the dark, abandoned corridors of a ruined garrison, Lorelei Wide Wanderer sprints through the gloom, chasing the trail of someone long gone. Following the tracks, trying to find where they end, find whatever it is that's at the end of them. She's not paying attention to any doors or how cl- close behind her she'll open quicker, because Lorelei goes faster than they do. Lorelei, roll me a survival check. 12. I'll say that with a 12, you're seeing repeatedly this three-pronged drag mark on the ground. You're also seeing like dark black stains and splotches. Crick and slurp. You two are chasing Lorelei. Lorelei is, Lorelei is like fumbling, dropping to her knees every now and again, like following the tangle of pathways up and down stairs, in and out of rooms, until you stumble through a doorway which is bigger than the rest. And could you roll me a perception check? I got 20. Oh, <laughs> Brad, a dirty one. I just rolled a five. <laughs> 12. Uh, Lorelei and Crick, you see a chamber ahead of you, a square blocky chamber with no windows. The doorway that you've entered through, Lorelei, you in particular noticed this, it was barricaded, but has been somehow blasted or concaved inwards. And you can see like the marks of a huge impact and you can see scorched stone. The room itself is populated by like crammed rows of desks and rotted dust that might once have been papers. There's a lot of people were jammed in here and flickering in the center of the room is a projector. I sort of screech to a halt and then slowly walk up to it and don't touch it and just sort of look around it to see if I can get it to work. Okay, uh, roll me computing. 21. Okay, with a 21, you delve onto this projector. The projector itself is in working condition. It's a bit rough around the edges, but it is showing up an image. At the moment, it's showing up just a random star system. But as you kind of tackle it and start to learn the interface, you manage to zoom out to show the Maelstrom galaxy itself. Two arms, a swirling mass of a core at the center, bright and full of stars and star-forming regions. It's really funny, actually, because you've seen maps like this your whole life. Your people on Chorus are map makers. They have the most accurate maps in the galaxy. That's why you left Chorus, was to go hunting for a missing part of a star map. And here you are again, looking at a map. Only this one is wildly different to any that you've seen before. For a second, I think you think it's like a gallery of different images. But I think then you have the terrible realization that this is showing you the Maelstrom galaxy across a time period. It's showing you the silvery threads of interstellar empires disappearing one by one. It's showing you the spread of a war, a terrible war that threatened to end everything. And as you get to the final image in this run, there's just one star lit 
and you know even though the position is different i think you can make the inference that it's this system's star because there's two planets around it and you recognize the star's wavelengths this is ranikir the ranikir system long ago Lorelei immediately sits down her star map which is like a little sphere that's basically a rubik's cube so she can show whatever part of the galaxy she wants can she almost like channel her magic into it to make it so that she can show this so you're going to try and copy this map onto your own star map yes yeah i'd say that you could do that okay whenever schlep and crick catch up that's what they find her doing just laser focus on this map click 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 yeah it's the map itself is really interesting because when you go back to the beginning of what was happening like these empires the amount of star systems they have it's a much busier map than the current present day trade galaxy these people were very established and very interconnected with one another there's no like great divide like there is in the present trade galaxy between the appellant empire and the trade galaxy it's just a huge interconnected society of different cultures and species creating this silvery web across the stars. Lorelei, what have you found? Map. Old. Old map. Um, just, uh, just a minute. And again, like she did with Shlap earlier with the Stoku, just puts a finger up and then goes back to click, 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 uh, click, click. It's like talking to Corel. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh, destroyed. Does this projector look like a lesser machine? Yes. Uh, I technically have a feature that allows me to communicate with lesser machines and connect to them. Go ahead. Oh, damn. That sounds fun. Oh, it's the damn. first time we're using it, baby. I've literally never heard of this before. That's because it's in the, it's in the playbook, the page made. It's never come up until now. Welcome <laughs> to Life with Schlurp. Always surprising you. I'm just surprised Schlurp is willing to dive into another mind. <laughs> <laughs> This one's a robot mind. Maybe it won't scream so much. Then again, whatever. Let's try it. Um, I think they go over and... I don't know whether this requires touch or I could just kind of like beam myself in. I don't quite know how this you works. You would need to plug in in some way. Okay. <laughs> like a neural link. Schlub looks for USB cables. Um, <laughs> buddy, what are you doing? I'm going to see if I can talk to this thing. Looks like I should be able to. There are fully no USB cables, but I will say that... There's like a panel on the projector, which looks like it may have been some kind of connectivity thing. Because there's no there's no wires going into this projector, but it's clearly powered and mm. must have been able to receive information. So I would say that... That's interesting in and of itself. Where the fuck's the power coming from? Could you roll me computing? Are you, sh are you sure you want to do this, Schlurp? I mean, I don't pretend to understand like how sites interact with other machines. But, you know, if a human was about to sort of stick their fingers in a plug socket, I, I would say, are you... Like, just be careful, okay? Did you roll badly? I'm debating, because I technically have a feature that allowed me to get advantage on this, but I don't know how important it is. That's not... Paige's <laughs> just smiling. Yeah, Paige isn't going to answer. I think you should use the advantage, Shona. Do it. Okay, fine. Did you roll the same thing twice? I sure did. What but now, but now this means if I cast any sorcerer spell, any sorcerer spell, Paige can have me roll on the wild magic table. Cool. Okay. Well, that's a nine overall. Uh, okay. With a nine, I think that you managed to establish a shaky connection 
or at least you think you do, and then you just get like discordant, half screeched words in a language you don't know. Uh, shit. Uh, fuck. Languages. Fuck. Um, shit. Is comprehend languages a source or a spell? It sure is. <laughs> but, um. I have a feel- but I have a feeling this is kind of like they don't quite know. They're not fully aware, just like, oh, if I do this, then this will happen. They're just kind of like using what they have. A gift. You have brought me a gift. You have brought me a beautiful present. I haven't, no. I haven't tried to do this, Ooh, uh, yummy, but I, I guess we're here now, and I hope I don't kill you all. Ooh, oh, I, no. You're about I to cast a wild magic spell. Yummy narrative treat, y'all. Um, yeah, no. so. No. <laughs> now the treat for the story, Gremlin. No. I'm so excited and so scared. Thank you so, so yeah, much. So, yeah, I cast Comprehend Languages, oh. and because the tides of chaos, it means you can just roll the wild magic table. I got a good one. No. What did you roll? No. I got a 61, mm. which is a great auditory one for a podcast. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Sorry. So Shona must shout when you when she speaks for the next minute, which, you know, given that Shona is infamously the quietest person at our table. I'll do it in a way that implies shouting, but not actually shouting. There you go. <laughs> Shlurp must shout. Okay. So yeah, I can't comprehend languages um, to try and get what they're saying this makes sense though because as you try and like comprehend languages and talk back to them your own vocal system overloads and you are now fully just shouting amazing what do i hear what like select system so would like select system yes <laughs> what are your options Stop. Home world station. Station! <laughs> you guys have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Just be kind of plugged in, yelling at this projector. I'm glad we have a moment of levity. <laughs> <laughs> we needed this. I'm glad that the dice gave us not bad things. Brilliant. Temporal. Temporal would see temporal. Yes. <laughs> ah. Yes. Lorelei, the star map changes. Have I finished? Uh, I think you've just finished. I'm just look over at Schlaf and do a little like glare. The map suddenly swoops and like zooms in and rapidly, rapidly like goes from this whole view to a single star view. Um, I will say, the si- you are able to, Lorelei, I will say with your passive perception in particular, you're able to notice that the zoom in happens on the left side of the galaxy. Suddenly, you're looking at a red dwarf star. Oh. <laughs> Would I know from my knowledge uh, if this is in this is in what is currently a Pelton space. This is in what's currently a Pelton space. It's a red dwarf star, and it appears to have uh, two rocky planets. Oh no! Oh, by the way, this system it's showing. Um, it has a white light blinking on the larger of the two planets, the one which is slightly further out. Lorelei like walks up and is like. Schlep, Schlep, if you have control of this, um, uh, zoom? Zoom! <laughs> Sorry about the yelling! Uh, it zooms, and 
zooms and zooms and zooms on a wind blasted terrestrial world. Um, it doesn't appear to be like rotating the planet. It seems like it's tidally locked. It has a kind of like sandy, rocky surface. And as it zooms, that white light resolves itself to be beneath the surface somewhere underground. I click around my star map and use that star map and my star map to pinpoint what planet it is. And do I need to make a roll for that? Yes, please. Could you make a, I'm going to say survival because it's like a wayfinding thing. 23. It is fully Anatar, the home planet of the Apelta. Piss. The map says something about something being temporal here, which as far as I know is a time thing. And we know time stuff can be weird. As you say weird, your voice cracks and returns to normal. No, yeah, sorry about that. Um, Like I said, like my magic can get a bit funky sometimes. Then I guess that means sometimes I yell a lot more than normal. So that's Anatar, I say, pointing to the planet on the map. That is Anatar what? with a big glowy thing under the ground. I have the rather sinking feeling that that is our next destination. You think that's another ancient city underneath? Yeah, if they, like this whole city, knew about it, then I'm guessing at some point it was significant. Corel is going to be having so many emotions that, that they don't know what to do with. Mm. As you say that, Lorelei, um, I just want to point out that this, uh, you know, most maps have labels. Schlepp, uh, comprehend languages. Does it also apply to reading? Uh, so I can understand any written language you can see, and it takes a minute to read a page of text, and it doesn't decode secret messages. There's no secrets here. It's just a map. And it says, Grum, homeworld of the Pomlan. Pomlan? They're the ones who were blasted out of the mural, weren't they? Yeah, their picture in the, the species mural in the Hidden City was all shot up. Hmm. Faraday, I think you're getting sick of the number of times you found yourself hands and knees with your friends' lives in your hands. But here you are again, as Corel comes to with one hit point remaining. <laughs> okay, okay, it's, um, it's okay. You're here. Uh, just give me a minute, okay? Yeah, yeah. I can heal Corel up to half health. What does Tali look like? As your hands start to glow, um, Tali actually like sits up and holds a hand out to you and says, I, I'm quite fine, thank you. Give it to them. I'm sorry, you want me to leave you like on the brink of death? She blinks at you and says, I'm fine. They're not. Does their power always do this? Is Tali actually fine? She's fine. Okay. Yes, it does. We learned very quickly that there is a cost. Corel, you have a brand new marking on your arm. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it just the usual sort of mark, or is it more, somehow? It's more. It's bigger. It is on your shoulder, for one. Yeah. And it covers the whole joint. Corel sort of initially goes up their arm. Okay, okay, count it. And it gets to the shoulder. Oh my! <laughs> I mean, it looks kind of badass. Yes, but, uh, oh, God, oh, that's a lot. Tali frowns and says, and this happens every time? Does it not happen to you? 
and she flexes her right hand and says, I take great care not to use my power. Good. And she looks at, she kind of bites her tongue at that Corel and roll me insight check. That would be a dirty 20. With that insight check, I'll say that you can guess that maybe something has happened in the past to make her scared of the power beyond just the monster you saw tethered to her. I saw everything. Oh, right. Yeah, with that roll, you see a single perfect page from that flicker book of her life of 19-year-old Tali standing in that same minnow, a burnt corpse at her feet, looking, like, crying, looking terrified. I, for disclosure, I now know everything about your life. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking quote. That's what you want to hear. For simplicity's sake, going forward, I think that's probably best to establish. I know... I now have access to your entire life experience. Tali takes in, like, a very thin little breath and just goes, I... I could tell that much. But that's not the only thing you took, is it? Can I do another insight check to see if she's referring to the, the last vision? You can. But I would also like you to make an insight check on yourself. What? Now that's that's interesting. That's juicy. I'll do the insight on Tali first. Um, That's a a dirty 20 again. She is frightened that you saw that final vision of her with that monster like tethered behind her. She's scared what you'll think of her. Right. Now, for the insight check on myself... I'm honestly wondering, do I do that with advantage, with disadvantage, or just a flat roll? Because I feel like you could make a case for any of those, and I'm honestly interested. I would like you to make a flat roll. So a flat, just a normal insight check. Mm-hmm. Um, 28. <laughs> oh, the juice! Yeah, we go. The juice is about juice. to flow. Corel, as you hear Tali say that and your thought like for a second think like turn your attention inwards there's something beating beneath your chitin beneath your breastbone a magical energy Corel I think you do have like a couple of small spells don't you yeah yeah just a couple just a couple and now one more (gasps) oh okay what do I have (laughs) You now have Fire Shield. Fire Shield? That's cool. That's a cool spell. I'm feeling this heat. This Yeah, it's like when when you used your when you com- when you so- used the vision and your powers for a moment connected. It's like you It was honestly it was frightening, Corel. It was like your powers wanted to be together. It was like for a second you could see the potential of doing something with those two entities or energies fused. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) That's disturbing. And Tali stumbles to her feet and says, if we're going to go to the amphitheater, we should go. Yeah. Yeah. And then she looks at you, Corel, and she says, I don't think I would swap places. Me neither.
Were there any other settings? Any other things we could see? Oh, uh, let me check. Um, and yeah, I go and check. It's just to... Like, well, what do we want to see? I think I could just I kind of direct it to where we want to look at things. Um, here. Uh, zoom in on current location? The map whirls past and goes just above the core um, at the base of the left arm. And you see a yellow star with two terrestrial planets, one of them an ocean world. And what what is the name that they've given? Shenla, homeworld of the Daishen. Can I go back and sort of work out the order in which the empires crumbled? Absolutely. First to go with the Pomlan. The first system to be marked as different is the one that you guys would call Tekatar with Anatar, the Apelon homeworld in it. it. Interestingly, that system goes from being marked in silver like all the rest are being red. And then that scarlet light spreads like a contagion. So that was the beginning of the end. Yes. I guess. And all of the last stands that we've seen so far weren't the very last. This was. Lorelei, is your hand still glowing? It's still glowing. Hmm. Well, I don't fully understand what's going on with that but I, I kind of got the impression that the glow was leading us to something and if it's still glowing then have we maybe not found everything? I start to ping 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 metal detect again. <laughs> Dowsing time. Dowsing time. <sighs> Roll me a survival check. 19. Oh. With a 19 Lorelei you're able to kind of feel that same tug and it is leading through a small doorway off to your left but interestingly there's like between you and that doorway it's like a tangle a feeling of more resonance as if maybe the trail was there for a time um so i think we need to go in that room over there but there's a whole big like wibbly wobbly energy thing between me and the door so I'm going to say, Crick, you go stand in the doorway. Okay. Schlapp, you stay here. Stop me from dying. And then I go stand in the energy wibbly wobbly. Oh. Oh God, I was going to make an arcada check, but I guess you're doing that. Um, your hand blossoms with light. And suddenly there's a spectral figure standing almost inside you. Can we see this? Yeah. Oh shit. Wait, we can see this? Is it the Apalter? Uh, no, it's not. You see a tall, elegant figure with kind of iridescent skin. It's hard to tell because this is just kind of in ghostly white light, but you can see like little shimmers and shine, little shimmery, shiny patches as they turn their head. Um, they have like a dolphin-like beak and then the kind of proud head of a seahorse and a tightly coiled tail also like a seahorse. And this figure in particular is like tall and robust and wearing kind of dinged up looking armor. So this vision, is it playing out in um, predetermined patterns or I try waving? It doesn't react. Um, the figure just sighs and then turns and braces himself on a very, very large desk right next to you near the doorway. 
where the energy was all tangled. They kind of turn and lean over it and like hang their head. Um, can I walk up to the desk and see if there's any like anything like scratched on it? Uh, the desk is like covered in little scraps and rotted flakes of paper. There's not much you can make out of what was once on it. Interestingly, there are like the remnants of pens and pencils. And then there's something else on the desk. For a second, I think you think it's a pen or a stylus because of where it is. But then you realize it's a dagger just uh... lying there, not rusted, not dirty. Oh. Slurp, you know magic stuff. Big pointy stick. Can I, yeah, can I, can I just try doing an arcana check on the dagger? Yeah, arcana check. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Come on. Um, yeah, fucking nine. <laughs> but this is actually fine because it's oh. really, it's actually quite obvious. Oh. What this dagger, well, who this dagger was made by or for. The hilt is longer than the blade and is wrapped in braided black leather. The tip of the hilt is capped in a metal sleeve which resembles the nib of a fountain pen. The blade of the dagger, which has a slight curve and a wickedly sharp edge, looks like smoky glass and pulses with a faint silver glow. The cross guard is stamped with a symbol that looks a bit like a letter and a lot like the markings on Corel's arm. Is it like a physical object, or is it like kind of a ghostly thing interacting with the ghostly figure? Oh, for goodness sake, I pick it up. I was going to like do it with Mage Hand or something. I pick it up. I'm tired. I, I, you, you guys are too nervous around these things. I've already picked one of these magical things up, so... It sings in your hand. It's like holding an electric current. It doesn't hurt you, but you can feel it like vibrating. I'm holding it in my metal arm, just to be clear. Still... You yeah. can feel it like buzzing in your hand, like a bunch of bees. See, it's fine. I take my cloak off and lay it on the floor, and I'm like, drop it in the middle. Okay. I'm gonna drop it. And then extend my staff and make like a bindle. Okay. With it in, so no one has to touch it. Okay, you wrap up the dagger. Is the figure doing anything? They're breathing heavily, head down. And then suddenly they look up and another ghostly figure, this one kind of more distorted and harder to make out, but another seahorse-like person. And the other figure says, Fort Perizir, the launch silo, they're both gone. It's, it's just us. We're the only ones left. And that figure, that first figure continues to just like stand slumped over the desk. And then another person steps forward. You can't even see them this time. It's just smoky light and go, they go, sir, you know, it won't stop until it has her. And the second figure steps forward and it's like, they're both, it's like a chorus of different voices haranguing this one tired looking figure, this old soldier. And someone else says, sir, you have to make the call, but I don't know if, the men will wait. Finally, the old soldier straightens up and says, we don't know that it will stop if it does have her. Damn it. Has anyone had word from Lord Kavoris? 
<laughs> you sound like a disgruntled crow. Oh my god! And then he says, "Damn, damn!" Beats his hand on the desk, and on the desk you see the kind of the phantom outline of the dagger shift into its current, like the resting place that you found it in. And then he turns around and like head in his hands, and another person says. Sir, isn't it worth trying? We could be the only ones left. The only sentience in all the galaxy. Maybe even all of the universe. And the old soldier sighs and says, She's my daughter. And then he at last says, Bring me my spear. And then the light stutters out again. It would seem that we are continuing to learn about all of the fucked up shit that happened last time round. Onwards into the small antechamber, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Lorelei, you head through that doorway. It's not an antechamber. It's a flight of steps descending down. Faraday, Carell, and Tali stand on the brink of an arena. There's a glassless archway in front of you, and you can just see sandy dunes. So, history nerds one and two, where do you think we should start? Just entering in, this is, I want to use a feature that is my 13th level feature. Oh? And that's unearing eye. And as an action, I can sense the presence of illusions and, and such. And basically, my senses can't be fooled within 30 feet of me. So I just want, as we're entering, to see if there's anything being hid by illusion powers of any sort. I don't think there is. I think this this place has, more so than anywhere else in the city, has like a feeling of desolation and emptiness. Okay, good to eliminate that possibility. Tali examines her, like, the hoofed fingernails on one hand and just goes, Oh, goody, sand. All right, Anakin. It's <laughs> cool. It's Jeez. cool and irritating. It gets, it gets everywhere, yeah. You said it feels, like, more desolate than anywhere else? Yeah. Can I pick up on any sort of, like, undead energy? Like, am I drawn towards anything in particular? Because if it feels particularly desolate rather it's not like it's just been abandoned it's like something faraday as you enter the arena with tali and corral um all of your hair stands on end and it feels cold here suddenly like you've walked into a freezer the other two don't seem to notice it but for you it's incredibly obvious something happened here Corel, do you have a spare jacket? Um, let me check. <laughs> I think and Crow goes into their messenger bag. Does Corel keep a little jacket for Faraday? That feels. You know move. what? I feel like Corel would would <laughs> honestly. That's so good. <laughs> just a little jacket, just for Faraday. Yep. Yeah. Oh, here, here we here you go. Thank you. Going to do an investigation check of the actual amphitheater arena building go ahead duncan roll me investigation natural 20 
Duncan, with that nat 20 on investigation, I will say that <laughs> I know exactly what to do. You start to look around and initially you're like, this place is empty. There's nothing here except sand. There's nothing here at all. But with a nat 20, as you move forwards, one of your six feet catches on something under the sand. Ooh. And you look down and you notice that there's metal in the sand. And as you look around and start to kind of shift it more with your feet and explore, you realize that beneath the sand of the dunes, there is an unbelievable amount of armor, gauntlets and shoulder pauldrons and greaves just everywhere. Hmm. And there's no bones, but I think you know that there would have been once. So that I notice armor, do I notice weapons as well? Yeah. You see tridents, you see spears, typically like long shafted things, all just abandoned here beneath the sand. And as well, not like mostly weapons and armor, like a lot of weapons and armor, but as you kind of head deeper into the into the arena, picking your way across the dunes, I think that with that nat 20, I'm gonna say that you find scraps of what might have been clothing or shoes. And some of them are very small. Paige can do this to us. <laughs> Torn or burnt? What do you mean? But the, the scraps of clothing and stuff, or like the armor that's yes, left. Are there clear burn marks? Yeah. Burns, yeah. Scorches, burns. Corel has a moment of looking into the middle distance as they realize what I think they realize. This was it. This was the last stand. The last, last stand. This is where it ended. We're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But isn't it just heartbreaking to know that everything can just end? No records, no lineage. I mean, no one even knew it was here. No stories. If we can, can we make sure that we don't fuck this place up? I would love to take a proper look around here at a later date. I really would. Okay. We need to keep moving. I I, I sort of hold Faraday's shoulder for a moment. Hmm? And I sort of w lean down to whisper. It's tied to her. What do you mean? I mean... If she's, if if we remove the connection, does can it come? I wasn't expecting Corel to suggest murdering Dali. Corel is just looking at this complete, you know, coming first off that vision with Tali tethered to the creature, and then seeing this genocidal yeah. no, massacre. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And they are just. They are considering options. I think Faraday can see that yeah. Corel is just 
terrified and is prepared to consider some extreme options. I think there's a moment where Faraday seriously considers it as well. Or what if she's the one thing holding it back? (sighs) We really need more information. That was a start. If... If... It is tied to her, and we need to remove that, then we will do it. But we can't do that without all the information. How do we know it won't just go and choose someone else? You're right. If we can keep an eye on her, I don't know. But that's not a risk for us to take right now. No, you're right. Right now. You know, I... Hopefully, whatever we find here, maybe the others have found something that'll point us in the right direction. If... Not if. This was it. It means there's gotta be something. On a natural 20, do I think there's anything else to find here, or is it just what it is? On a natural 20, out ahead of you, at the heart of the sands, at the heart of the amphitheater where the world ended, you see a pinprick of light. What's that? <laughs> and I indicate to Faraday. Investigation? Perception? I mean, I do it. Should I do another roll, or does the natural twenty get me more? That you can't see from this distance. You'll have to go closer. You only get so much out of an at twenty, Duncan. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think I think almost almost in a fugue, Corel starts to move towards it. Yo, Tali, are you coming? She looks up at you sharply clutching her right hand, like hiding the mark from you, and says, uh, yes, of, of course, of course. There's nowhere else to be here, you know? Well, stick close, because, you know, Lorelei would kill me if I let you die. Maybe. Le- lead on. We'll follow Corel, who's you know, is probably leading. Yeah. You follow Corel into the heart of the amphitheater, like trekking up and down dunes past where the sand shifts and chimes with metal until you reach a small hollow in the sands where everything is strangely calm and still. There's no wind whispering here. There's no shifting grains. There's just a little cup of stable ground and at the bottom of it, a point of light. Can I touch the light? I mean, Grell's going to try and touch it first. <laughs> um, which of you do you think would get there first? I mean, Grell was just zeroing in on that. Grell, I think you might be getting a kid. <laughs> <laughs> now Corel has a child. I think you might be obtaining an entire child. Oh, Corel. As you descend into the pit, um, you're... it's like the world kind of zeroes in on that moment. Like 
your vision, the edges of your vision go dark and your ears start to ring with like a tinnitus like whine. And then suddenly as your hand, as you're like crouching and reaching down to like to scoop that bright light out of the sand, you can hear a song. Oh, oh damn it. Well, you can really tell that you thought who was going to be a witch place here. Yeah. Oh boy. Now you know how Duncan feels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. think this is fitting considering all the other times shit like this has happened. Yeah, they're both going to you know be what? bad. Just like, I got this thing for you or I got this thing for you. Actually, <laughs> to be fair, I think Kuro will probably be like, oh, finally I, I got a thing. I get to have one over on Slurp this time. Vengeance. It doesn't make up for six months. <laughs> Corel, you can hear a voice and beyond that voice you can hear like rustling and murmured voices and a feeling of hushed fear like the moment before a storm breaks overhead and the voice sings what a time to be born in a world of death and mourning where the truth is slowly dawning none will make it out alive Soon this song will be silenced, its rhymes cut short by violence. My feathers burnt away, and my fingers only blow. My fingers only blow. My fingers only blow. Crow, you recognize the voice. Do I? Two years ago, in a mad attempt to save the galaxy a mad attempt that resulted in the five of you becoming known as the heroes of yentao you crashed your spaceship and you died and when you woke up you woke up on the shores of a black lake a lake that you were carried from by a winged entity that you could only describe as a goddess this song has the same voice as that goddess, as the being known as Alayula, the goddess of music. I think I mouth the name. And as you mouth it, you scoop up the sand and it, the grains sift through your clawed fingers, leaving you holding a smooth triangle of white bone strung from a long pale cord it's a pick like for an instrument the cord is secured with a simple knot and is also strung with a number of small metal beads of which all but two have been heat melted until they are just charred lumps of the two left in relatively good condition you can just about make out markings Corel, one is etched with a flute, and another is etched with what looks like a crossed pair of like percussion mallets, like what you might get for a xylophone. And as you hold it, you feel it hum suddenly in your hand, undeniably a magical artifact of some kind. You're not for me, are you? Hmm. I think I know who you're for. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. 
That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Carell, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you can support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.